we have been talking about over the last few weeks, this journey to Seed Sunday. If you're new and you don't know anything about this, praise God, you are in for a treat. Seed Sunday, we're coming up on September 12th, and it's a time that we've been fasting and praying for breakthrough. I just want to encourage you, we are still seeing breakthrough every week. Are you getting some breakthrough from your prayer, from your fasting? I want you to know God honors prayer. The fervent prayer availeth much. What does that mean? If you pray and you really pray, really down deep, and you really give it all you got, the fervent prayer avails much. What does that mean? It breaks through. I, I felt like the Lord was trying to trying to give me a song this morning about breakthrough. And I'll be honest with you, I've I've been filling my my head with too much '80s music. I was trying to sing it to to some some secular song, and I'm telling you, the Lord just started showing me. Fill yourself up with me so that when I start giving you these words, it will align with my spirit, with my kingdom, because my, 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 my mind was in secular music and not, not bad secular music, but you know, I mean, uh, classical music, secular music, but I've seen in my prayer time, how important it is that I'm filling myself up with him so that as he answers me, I know how to respond. Are you with me? Maybe it's just for me, but the Lord just started showing me, I am the God of breakthrough. Are you still struggling? Are you, are you needing breakthrough? Hallelujah. It's an opportunity for God to show himself to you. I've said this before, but when, when my daughter had her motorcycle accident, maybe I'll put that picture up second service. I don't know if she'd like me to do that or not, but it was three or four years ago, had a motorcycle accident and busted her head wide open. And we had to go get a CAT scan of her head and I was right behind her trying to grab her while she was screaming daddy and I was screaming Jesus and crying and I would have ripped her by the hair and pulled her off that motorcycle if I could have just gotten her. If I could have just gotten a hold of her, I would have pulled her off of it. What? I probably would have hurt her worse than how she wound up, but I was going to get her and she was screaming and little five, six year old trying to ride a motorcycle and you know, I've got two other older kids and you just think they can do it all. So there she goes. But when we were driving to the hospital, the Lord just showed me. He just said, here's an opportunity for me to show you how great I am. Do you realize the things you're going through is an opportunity for God to show himself strong? If you didn't have opportunities to get through, what would you need God for? Sometimes we need testing. We need trials just so that God can remind us how great he is. Do you remember that testing produces character, produces patience, produces hope? I have a hope. Why do I have a hope? Because I've been through something and God's delivered me from it. Now I really believe he can deliver me from the next thing. Over this Seed Sunday, you know, I don't want to just say forget the, that we're trying to raise money for a building program, but focus in on God. Start asking him for breakthrough. Start giving him something of a, of a, uh, of a, uh, a, a fast no matter how small, just as long as it means something to you. And when you have that desire for that thing, you know, some people are fasting Facebook. I ran into somebody the other day that's fasting Facebook. Others are fasting the internet. Others are fasting caffeine or coffee or, you know, whatever. It's between you and the Lord. Others do food fasts. Others do vegetables. You know, what does the Lord lead you? What, what has a hold on you? And give that to him. And when you have that desire for that thing, Pray. I promise you, you'll be reminded to pray all the time. And what happens? Fervent prayer availeth much. Isn't it funny that if we'll just stop and start praying, we'll get breakthrough? 
And praise God, we have an opportunity with this Seed Sunday. And today we've been looking at our finances. We've been looking at who's in control of our finances. We looked at debt and the chains that have bound us in debt. Last week we looked at the tithe and the offering. Today we're going to look at work. And I've titled this today, Work is Good. Work is Good. Elizabeth saw my title and she goes, you love that, don't you? And you know, I do, I do enjoy a a work schedule. My dad and uh, my mom and my family have taught me a work ethic and it probably gets on everybody's nerves that works with me. I know it does because I'm a a little bit of a uh, OCD um, when it comes to that sort of thing. If you don't know what an OCD is, an obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, I, I like a schedule and I like to work. I like to know that I've gotten my stuff done. Do you remember, before I even started on the Seed Sunday, we talked about the Rebecca principle. And in your work, to give a little bit more and then some. Do you remember? Well, today, let's look at what God says about work. Did you know that over a lifetime, a person spends over 100,000 hours working? Get a little bit of a grip of how much time you put in your work. And often, this, this leads or carries some dissatisfaction with it. But understanding scriptural principles that relate to work might help you to find satisfaction in your work. And it'll also, I'm big on this, will place you into position for blessing. That's what I think Seed Sunday is, is it is a positioning for blessing. Remember, you can't get a return on your seed unless you plant a seed. You can't pray for a return if there's no seed in the ground. I believe that there are instances where it says that you will reap where you didn't sow. But that goes for those that are doing the right thing. That goes for the righteous, those that are working hard. What happens when you sow? Not only do you reap what you sow, but you start to, it starts to build. God's a multiplier. He's not an adder. He's a multiplier. That's why, have you ever noticed that when you're doing right, great things seem to happen, even even things that are outside of what you're working toward? And when you're doing bad, bad things seem to happen. You know, we we call it Murphy's Law. Anything that can go wrong will. That's not God. Where does it say anything about God that anything you do is going to go wrong if you're following me? It doesn't. It says, I'll make you prosper in everything that you do. Everything you set your hands to. Isn't that good? So let's look at it. Work is good. God created work for our benefit. The first thing God did when he put Adam on the earth was what? He put him to work. Genesis 2, 15 says, The Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. One of the first things God did when he finally, when he made creation was put him to work. The Lord created work for our benefit in the sinless environment of the Garden of Eden. Did you know that Adam's work environment was perfect? I would guess the temperature was 72 degrees. I mean, he was naked. And it was perfect. I mean, come on. It had to have been perfect. How you can be in the jungle and not get rashes and everything else. Uh, Now, don't go there. I mean, all you got to do, I mean, we built a bonfire yesterday. And all you got to do is just walk in the woods for a minute. You'll get something on you and you'll start itching. I had somebody, one of my family members, talk about a long time ago the, the movie Rambo and how he would run through the jungle, the Vietnam jungle, with a shirt off. 
You know, how realistic is that? You know, it's not realistic. I can't imagine what you'd get. That's why you see soldiers from their neck to their arms completely covered up. They may be burning up, but they're not going to get stuff on them. It was a perfect environment. It was a perfect environment. But look, after the fall, work became more difficult. Genesis three seventeen: cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat all of the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food. Have you ever wondered what it would have been like had man never sinned? Have you ever had that thought? I've wondered what life would be like. Anyway, just a thought. But what is God's perspective of work? We've seen that God put Adam to work right away. Number one, work is necessary. Work is so important that in Exodus 34, 21, God gives this command. Look at this right at the beginning. Six days you shall work. Six days you shall labor. The apostle Paul also wrote in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. If a man will not work, he shall not eat. But what does work do? God's perspective of work. Number two, God, God's perspective. Work develops character. How many knows that when you take a job, a a little bit of you has to change? You have to change or they'll move, they'll move on to somebody else. You're going to do it their way or no way, right? You don't go in there and have everyone else change. You change. One of the primary purposes of work is to develop your character. While the carpenter is building the house, the house is also building the carpenter. His skill, his diligence, his manual dexterity and judgment are refined. A job is not just a task designed to earn money. It's also intended to produce godly character in the life of the worker. Now, this is a backfire for a husband. But when when my wife wanted shelves and we couldn't afford somebody to hire to do shelves, I went to Lowe's and started building shelves. And they weren't level and they were pretty ugly and... I thought, you know what? Maybe she won't ask me to do that again. (laughs) And then I started getting better. I couldn't help it. I've done it once. I've got some experience. I knew what to look for the next time. So what happens? Her value in me doing shelves increased. So I get to do shelves all the time. So if we ever have a vacation where I stay home, I put up shelves. Hallelujah. But it began to develop my character in doing things like this. Before, I didn't think I could do it. It began to grow me. And as simple as that may seem, it, it will grow you. Proverbs twelve twenty four says, Diligent hands or a good worker will rule, but laziness ends in slave labor. Thirdly, we work for Christ. We work for Christ. Work is necessary. Work develops character. This is all God's perspective of work. Scripture reveals that we are actually serving the Lord as we work. Don't miss this now, church. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. You know, we talked last week about the tithe. And if you, can, if you can get in your mind when you give, you're giving directly to Jesus. And it will help your attitude, your focus, your need to give when we see where we're giving. 
Same thing when we work. Because you know what? Some bosses are not worth working for. Some situations are so bad, nobody would put that on their worst enemy. But yet, Scripture says, do it with all your heart. What does that mean? That means physical. It also means attitude. You're wanting promotion, but you're acting like a total um, jerk at work. Yet you want promotion. You're praying for God to give you promotion. Work at your place with all your heart. Everything you've got physical, everything you've got attitude. And then let God promote you. You're going to see here through, through God's perspective of work, God is your promoter. Do it with all your heart. It's hard to get away from this one. Do it with all your heart. Consider your attitude toward work. If you could see Jesus Christ as your boss, do you think you'd try to be more faithful to your job? The most important question you need to ask every day before you begin your work is, for whom do I work? You work for Christ. My dad once taught me that in working with the public, getting yourself ready for the public is like dressing yourself in the morning. You put your shirt on, you put your pants on, you you take a shower. Well, the same thing. He once told me this, and it's never left me. Not anything anyone can say to me will get the best of me, will cause me to react in a way that I don't want to react. Do you know that if I don't prepare myself for that, I will react incorrectly? Every time I go and encounter someone from the public, if I don't pray, if I don't give my tongue and my mind and my life to the Lord, my flesh will come out. Whatever you do, do it with all your heart. And when you go into work, who do I work for? You work for the Lord. Next, God's work responsibilities. What does God see as our responsibilities in our work? Number one, God gives us job skills. Exodus 36 verse 1 says, Every skilled person to whom the Lord has given skill. Who gave the skill? The Lord gave the skill and ability to know how to carry out all the work. The Lord prepares you for where you are. Where you are working, the Lord will prepare you to have good skill. Because God has given each person unique skills and talents, Scripture does not elevate any honest occupation above another. Jesus was a carpenter. Right? Some of the disciples were tax collectors. A wide variety of jobs are represented in the Bible. David was a shepherd. To the world, the shepherd was the bottom of the barrel. But he was also a king. Luke was a doctor. Lydia was a retailer who sold purple fabric. Daniel was a government worker. Paul was a tent maker. And finally, the Lord was a carpenter. But I want you to catch this. He gives us our skills. What else does he give us? He gives us our success. Joseph is an example of God helping a person to succeed. Genesis 39 verse 2 says, The Lord was with Joseph and he prospered. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. His master wasn't a believer. But he saw, what did he see in Joseph? He saw the Lord. Do you see that in giving all that you give? And you know what? Joseph had a promise of something other than what he was walking through. But according to scripture, he was serving with everything he had. Do you remember? 
He even wound up going to jail wrongly, getting put in a bigger position. And through the Lord again, got promoted again. How easy would it be in the, in the, in, in the life of getting from point A to point B to give up? We have job responsibilities, but we need to recognize that it is ultimately God who gives us our success. I would encourage you, when you receive your paycheck, thank the Lord. A lot of people are still out of work. A lot of people are still hurting. Find reasons to thank God. God is your provider. Next, God is in control of promotion and advancement. Psalm 75, verse 6 and 7 says, No one from the east or the west, from the desert can, or from the desert can exalt or promote a man. But it is God who judges. He brings one down. He exalts or promotes another. As much as this might surprise you, people do not control whether you will be promoted. The Lord controls the promotion, and the advancement. It's just like our president. It's just like those in leadership. The Lord places our leadership over us, for us. The people that are over you in your job, the Lord has placed over you, for you, to increase you, to promote you. Amen? But what's our responsibility? What is our work responsibility? Number one, we're to work hard. We're to work hard. Ecclesiastes chapter, seven, chapter 9 verse 10. Whatever your hands finds to do, do it with all your might. What a great thing to do. Whatever you're doing, give it all you got. Proverbs twelve twenty seven says, The precious possession of a man is diligence. You know, God hates a quitter. God hates a quitter. God's not a part of quitting. It says that the end of a thing will be better than its beginning. How good it feels to finish something. Doesn't it? It's hard to finish. I know that in my college education at about two years, I was ready to give up. But then about my last year, I could start to see the end. It's when you can't see the end that you got to endure you're probably enduring where you are in your work. I would encourage you, you're going to get breakthrough in your work if you will give it all you got as, you're, as if you're giving it directly to God. God's going to give you breakthrough. I promise. How can I promise it? It's not based on Paul's promise. It's based on God's promise. What is giving it all you got in your work? You know what that is? That's humbling yourself. That's deciding not to do it your way. To find out how your boss wants it done and to do it that way with all you got, with a great attitude, as though your boss is Jesus Christ himself. Can you imagine the breakthrough? And I want to encourage you, it may not be at that job. The Lord may move you to another job. Hallelujah. Or the Lord may move you up in that job. It's not your problem. When you line up with God... The promotion becomes God's problem. God's a good promoter. We're to work hard. 
Scripture, while condemning laziness, encourages diligence and hard work. Proverbs 18, 9. One who is slack in his work is brother to one who destroys. I'm hoping the light bulb will go off in somebody. Look how it says if you're slack. Paul's life was the example of hard work. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. We worked day and night laboring and toiling so we would not be a burden to any of you in order to make ourselves a model for you to follow. But everybody's going to amen this next one. We are not to overwork. Hard work should be balanced by the other priorities of life. If your job demands so much of your time and energy that you neglect your relationship to your Lord or to your loved ones, then you're working too much. Six days you shall labor, but on the seventh day you shall rest. Even during the plowing season and harvest, you must rest. So many times, and I am in this place. Because of a busy week, I won't rest. And I'll justify it. You know, it's just one of those weeks. It says, even during plow time and harvest, to rest. We were talking, my dad and I were talking about Chick-fil-A and how they're closed on Sunday. And he, he or I made a comment, boy, I bet they'd really rake it in if they were open on Sunday. And then we both said, you know what? I bet they make more in six days than they could make in seven because they honor God. That's God's math, not man's math. Man's math says you'll make more in seven than you will in six. God says, nope, do it my way. And I, you can't put a cap on, on what you can do. Do it your way and you will never have enough. Do it my way, you'll have more than enough. You'll have more than enough. Rest can become an issue of faith. Is the Lord able to make our six days of work more productive than seven days? Yes. The Lord instituted weekly rest for our mental, our physical, and our spiritual health. Next, we are to be honest. Leviticus 19.11 says, don't steal, don't lie, don't deceive one another. In Daniel chapter 6 verse 4, it says, no evidence of corruption. We're to be honest. We're also to be faithful. We're to be faithful. Daniel, same chapter, chapter 6, for same verse, he, Daniel, was faithful. We're to be honest. We're to be faithful. We are to pray. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. It says, now when Daniel knew the document was signed, he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before God as he had been doing previously. What contract? That anyone that served, it, anyone other than the king and his statue that he put up would be put to death. Even once he realized, what did he do? He prayed. What did he do? He opened up the windows, didn't he? Not only did he pray, but everybody look at me. I'm going to pray to the Lord. You know that's what I'm doing. That's the whole reason this thing was made. Do what you want with me. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Even if my God doesn't save me, I will serve the Lord. What did God do? He saved him. Amen? Catch this one. We're to be honest. We're to be faithful. We're to pray. This is our responsibility. We're to honor 
our employers. Godly people always honor their superiors. First Peter chapter two, verse 18, it says servants or employer employees be submissive to your masters or your employers with all respect. Everybody say all respect. Not only to those who are good and gentle, but to those who are unreasonable. I don't see a loophole. Yeah, but you don't know my boss. Well, is he unreasonable? Yeah, that's him. Is he the opposite of good and gentle? Yeah, okay. You see, doesn't matter. Honor him. Who's the beneficiary? You, me, I am. I, when I do this verse, what do I do? I position myself for God to bless me. You think, yeah, but he's gonna, my boss is going to get a big head and think he can just run all over me. Well, that's not your problem. You fulfilling the word of God in your life is your problem. And you don't have to do it perfectly. You just got to give it all you got. That's where mercy and grace kicks in. The Lord says, I know you're not perfect. I know you're not perfect. Give it all you got. I'll notice your heart and I'll bless you. Isn't that good? Amen. It's good, pastor. That's good. All right. We are to honor our fellow employees and never slander them. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 10, and I'm going to close right here. Do not slander a servant or an employee to his master. Or he will curse you and you'll pay for it. We live in a, in a society that likes to blame somebody else's fault. Don't slander your employee to your, your co-worker, to, your, to the master, to the employer. Who's going to get the curse? The person giving the news report. Not the person that you think's doing wrong. And who's going to pay for it? Not the person you're telling on. You. Isn't that good? You, let me just give you a, a word of advice. Just keep your mouth shut. Blessing comes to those who keep their mouth shut. It says in Scripture that where there's a lot of words, lying is very close near. What does that mean? It means the more you talk, the more trouble you get yourself into. So, this goes for me. Close my mouth and work hard with a good attitude. Give it all I've got. Bring honor to those over me. Speak highly of those I work with. And let the Lord bless me. Let the Lord promote me. Let the Lord promote you. Who needs promotion? I believe that you've been given some instruction today on promotion in your work. Isn't that good? We want promotion with no seed in the ground. We just want it to just show up. It doesn't work that way. Plant some seed of, of heart work, heart, heart work. Sow some seed in your job of giving it all you got. And let God be the increase, increaser of the seed. God is the supplier of the seed and he increases the seed. There's nothing that you personally can do with a dead seed. Nothing. But you stick it in the ground and let God go to work on it. He can bring the dead to life. 
And it can produce more than what that one seed could ever have fulfilled in your life. Get that seed planted in the ground. Start sowing some hard work, some good attitude seed in your life. And I'm trying my best to give you something to go put to use and to have breakthrough in your life. Let's have breakthrough. And let's see it on Seed Sunday. If you're not praying, if you've not started over this 40-day fast, start today. You've still got a couple weeks. God can move in two weeks. God could remove the plague immediately. Don't ask for tomorrow. Ask for today. Start today. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to grab hold of your word. Help us, Lord. Lord, help us to get passionate. Help us to not accept complacency and to just sit in here and in our jobs and expect a different result from the same actions every day. Let us not look for our bosses to change. Let us change. Help us, Lord. Lord, I just pray specifically for breakthrough in this church and in, in each individual life. Lord, whether it's a it's a, a health report, maybe it's cancer, maybe it's uh, arthritis, maybe it's back pain, maybe it's something that the doctors say they can't do anything for it anymore. Praise God. That's where we that's where God kicks in. I am the God of there is no hope. I am the God of hope when there is no hope. There is hope. Either the Lord is your healer or he isn't, regardless of what the doctor says. Either the Lord is your provider or he isn't, even when the bank says it's time to claim bankruptcy. My God is a God who saves. Give us breakthrough, Lord. Let us trust you right where we are and give us breakthrough. If you need prayer, if you need someone to just pray with you and agree for something that may seem so big to you, that's what we're here for. That's what the church is here for, is to stand and lock arms and to help you, to help one another, to pray with one another, to cry with one another and to laugh with one another. Maybe you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today is the day. Get up out of your seat and walk up here. Do you need prayer? Do you need breakthrough? If those that are ministering, come on forward. We're going to open up the altar for just a moment as we sing. And we want to pray with you this morning. We all stand with me? And let's sing a song. And I just encourage you, step out in faith this morning. And let us pray. Amen.